Okay, hello and welcome to Songs for When. The music podcast designed to help you find the perfect playlist for every occasion. Today I am joined by author of What I Did When I Wasn't at the Doctors. It's M. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that too far? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do that to me! <laughs> and I am joined by the author of Being Peter Andre. It's George. Oh! <laughs> What, so it's a book about being a Peter Andre impersonator? <laughs> yeah. At least yours is your life story. <laughs> yours is the main part about you. <laughs> Fuck's sake. My other, <laughs> options, my other options for you included um, Strong Female Lead, My Story. Oh, that was quite nice, actually. Uh, if you could just let me whine, but spell... W-H-I-N-E. Yeah. Or... um. I'm not always. I'm, gonna say, I'm, I'm always right, but then in brackets, even when I'm wrong, my story were the other options I had. I for think you. you read a lot of autobiographies, though, don't you? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yours were very good, much better than mine. Thank you, thanking you. To be fair, I was trying to think of some for me, and I actually couldn't. The only thing God's like, I thought if we were actually famous, like actually famous, <laughs> I would call my autobiography "Hello and Welcome." <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Like, because we say it every single week. Brilliant. Uh, so here we are, another another day, another dollar. We are, I mean, we'll, we say what we're doing, don't we? Yeah, well, well obviously this week's got to have something to do with um, books, storytelling. We're doing stories, part three. Here we come. I'm honestly like a kid in a candy shop. Like, story, this is my favourite episode that we do. I mean, I know this is the only one we've done more than once, but it is my favourite one we do. Before we get into the episode, we are going to have to ask, George, what have you been binging this week? Oh, I've been binging Emily in Paris. Oh, that is such a you show to binge. It is. From the makers of Sex and the City, it's Emily in Paris. (laughs) (laughs) But I did want to talk about one particular moment from the series finale. So skip ahead 30 seconds if you've not seen it yet. And um, knowing George is going to be more like a minute. <laughs> oh my God, the shade. You could, have my, <laughs> you could have called my autobiography, like, let me rabble on or something like that. <laughs> if I can just, if I can just talk for a moment or something like that. <laughs> um, so in the series finale, um, Emily helps stage a fashion show. And the models are walking the runway to what's that song? You know, like from that episode of That's So Raven. So yeah, that is exactly what I'm about to say. So I literally then just started going, "You just want someone to mess around a little mouse who never makes a sound." Just started singing that. You're running along. <laughs> <Shopping>. <laughs> Emily in Paris is just ultimate trash. Do not need to concentrate too hard on it television. And if you're in the mood for that kind of program, you can't get better. Yeah, I'm, I'm often not in the mood for that, I have to say. My, my binge this week is completely different to yours. But also, you can find it on Netflix. Yeah. It is Archive 81. What? It's called Archive 81. And for people that aren't you, what is that? It is a horror. It's a horror series. Oh, okay. So it's about um, it's about this guy that is hired to restore some f- old films Ooh. that were found after a building burned down. And he's, it's his job to restore them. And as he starts watching them, he uncovers those of like things about the supernatural and cults and connections to his own family and it's like set in the 90s and like now it's very good very well, creepy there's always a connection to their own family yes yeah, so always yeah yeah so he's connected to it in ways that he doesn't know so i'd recommend it it's good okay Me maybe i'll give it a watch like four or five episodes last night just one after the other bam 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 and it was actually like i was actually jumping a bit so it was like it's good i like it it's that good. Okay. Well, we are we're, we're we're currently doing a bit of queer eye as well, but we'll. Oh yeah, I've done queer eye too. It's just so charming, isn't it? It's so wonderful. 
Oh, I think I've nearly finished it. I've only got one episode left, but I started watching it and I was like, this guy's boring. <gasps> we, I, feel, um, I feel like they end on a boring episode. Just don't they make just, it through. Don't they just? We watched the farm one where they built the barn and Ollie was <gasps> like, "This." Ollie went, this has got to be the series finale, hasn't it? And I was like, yeah, it's giving series finale vibes, Yeah, my mum asked it? me that too. And then there's still like three episodes up. Yeah, really odd. So we actually realised we haven't watched it for a little while. So we've now got like series four and five to enjoy. Have you not watched those? I kind of got a bit bored of it for a little bit, but having a break has helped. I've just determined that Anthony is my favourite of the five. I don't know how anyone gets anything done with Anthony around. He's too too good looking. He's my favourite of the five. And then I also like Bobby. Oh my God, Bobby is... Yeah, Bobby's wonderful. He's so pure. I also love Jonathan. Jonathan's my favourite. I love them. Yeah, he's just... Sorry. Oh, no, can you, I can use he. He's he, she, they, isn't he? Fantastic. I love the way that his life is just glowing up. I get very excited to see what they do every episode. And what they're wearing. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I like Jonathan in other people's bits. So He's I like just Jonathan. a huge character. I like Jonathan when they're, um, you know, like... In the cooking, if, if Anthony might host a cooking class and Jonathan's just there. I do wonder, sometimes I feel like they have a look on their face of you're getting on my nerves a little bit. Well, he's, I bet he's a lot. But you used to be, a, you at points can be a lot as well. I vibe with Jonathan. It's yes, it's, a, it's that, that like camp high energy. you got to have it. Everyone needs one. Yeah, and you're mine. Aww. And I, oh. fucking hell, with the two of you together is mad. No, he mellows me. I'm much more mellow around Ollie. Yeah, you're right. It's because you, you probably realise that you can't both. There can't be two of us. So, uh, every week, as you know, we pick a playlist theme. Then we go away. We pick five songs each that we think best suit that playlist theme. Then we come together and we share that playlist theme right here. And this week... Our playlist theme is Songs for When You're in the Mood for Some Literal Lyrical Storytelling, Part 3. This is our Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's going to be... still good. It wasn't as good as Empire Strikes Back, it was still good. It was a bit more fluffy. It, it, yeah. li- literally more fluffy. Full of Ewoks, yeah. <laughs> You're going first this week, aren't you? I mean, yeah. I don't see how that works. You did the intro, but... I think we've messed up somewhere, but it doesn't matter because I definitely, <laughs> definitely kicked off with Call On Me last week. You definitely did. So I'm going to kick this week off with Hotel California by the Eagles. Welcome to the Hotel California. very long isn't it it's really long it's really really long. really long it was actually a quiz question at christmas on a game we played what's longer bohemian rhapsody or hotel california is it hotel california yeah i think so by a matter of like seconds but it, do you know longer. why it is as well because the song finishes and then it just carries on for ages and ages with nothing yeah i got my really. phone out and skipped yeah i did too i was like oh the intro to this other song's quite long before i realized <laughs> that it was the end of hotel california is it a live recording no, that's that is just Hotel California, and so why we obviously I've been doing some research into it because we've got to make sure we've got our story straight, literally. Mm. And um, I think it was quite like an artsy step forward for the Eagles. I think before that they'd been a bit like um, like country poppy, okay, sort of. And then they released the album Hotel California, and everyone was like, "Ooh, there's a bit more to the Eagles." And when I was reading about like the themes and the topics and stuff within it, it was like this is a commentary on society in this way. So obviously that's why they've done it, isn't it? To be like arty. Yeah. So I thought maybe they were addicts because of the bit where they say about you can leave but you never leave or something. So obviously, like the generic story, the general story of it is that they show up at a hotel and it's all a bit creepy, isn't it? Mm. And there's a line in it. This could very be very um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Fans. Yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show meets American Horror Story Hotel. Because if you die in that hotel, you can never leave. Exactly, that's there. what I mean. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, 
he's rocked up at this this hotel and he meets a couple of people. Weird things happen. He says something about like killing a beast, stabbing it yeah, with knives. Yeah, you can stab it with your little knives, but it won't die. Yeah, and there's also a line in it where it says this could be heaven or this could be hell. I'm thinking that it's like it's supposed to be like purgatory. Yeah, I could get that. And I you get can't leave. But when I was like doing research into it, they were basically talking about how it's a comment on like alcohol infused like party society of like the 70s. It makes sense. That I mean that, and that's what they've said. The song has been described as all about American decadence and burnout, too much money, corruption, drugs and arrogance. Very synonymous with like the 80s and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but as like a story, this guy goes to his hotel and it's super creepy. Yeah, I so I would describe this as their signature song, would you? 100%. Could you name another Eagle song? I feel like if I looked on their greatest hits, I would, but yeah. uh, I'm not going to that much effort. No, and another reason that I really like it is because it makes me laugh now after seeing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Five Rings. Oh my God, yeah! <laughs> or Ten Rings or whatever it is. Aquafina, ten Rings, yeah, Ten Rings. Aquafina is like, she says, doesn't she, that she just tries to freak people out by singing Hotel California. And then she does it in like a fight scene when she's about to die. She just yeah, starts... she's like, on a dark desert highway. I really thought, spoiler alert, in the final battle scene, I really thought she was going to whack out... Um, <laughs> Hotel California. California. I think think actually, on a sidebar, Shang Chi is one of my most favourite Marvel movies. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Really, the fact that I've made a reference back to it in the podcast would suggest that I've enjoyed it. Yeah, but but now that has Hotel California has that spin on it for me. But yeah, that was that was my thinking. That sort of TV show, bit like creepy, stylized, got a bit of the Shining aspect to it, a bit of. I feel like it's going to be on Amazon Prime, not Netflix. Yeah, mm. I could see it happening, but it's definitely a, it's definitely a story. Inspired by Hotel California by the Eagles. Yeah, the beginning, love it. I like that. That was a good choice. I mean, Thanks it's very much. I think it's one. Has it been floating around both of our like long lists for a little while? Yeah, I think so. And now I've locked it in. Well done. Banging. You oh. can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Feels like recording this podcast. <laughs> literally the hotel california so my first song is let's start with the most literal i've got Uh, my first song is up the junction by squeeze Did you? So I chose it because I just out of nowhere had like a memory came back to me. And I remember in primary school, so not weird Eric Prince call on me school, primary school, where um, our teacher played it to us in our music lesson as like an example of how songs can be used to tell stories. I thought, well, I have to bring it to this episode, don't I? But it is a really good example of it. And I was looking at the lyrics of it. And I also don't need to look at the lyrics of it. There's literally no chorus. No, there's not. It's called Up the Junction, I think, because it's just the last line of the song. Yeah, it's like, a, it's literally a poem. There is no chorus. There's no repeated no, so it is phrase a... or frame or anything. For anyone, yeah, I was honestly thinking, good luck trying to pick what section you want to put in the little clip at the start there. I'll just pick my best lyrics, probably. My favourite lyrics from it. Or at the end, when he literally says up the junction. Yeah, there's always that. So I feel like this song is quite literally the birth, life, death and afterlife of a relationship. Yeah. Slash the consequences of this man's actions. Yeah, bloody hell. (laughs) I um, I just really, really like it. So yeah, they meet, they fall in love, they move in together, she gets pregnant, they have the baby, he becomes an alcoholic and she leaves him for a soldier. Well, yeah. Um, next song is <laughs> it's pretty much it isn't it it doesn't get more obvious but I actually so in we had to I basically got obsessed with this song to the point where um, I got bought a Squeeze album everything I, I mean I, I don't know any other Squeeze songs I only know this one song but I got obsessed with this song after we listened to it in school when you were young yeah how old would I have been I mean primary school so you're between the ages of seven and what ten or eleven yeah yeah one of those ages Squeeze are like a classic English band, aren't they? Are they, what is it, like mod music, like ska music? Is that I what it is? I don't know. If, for me, it fits the sort of thing 
the same sort of thing as like Pink Floyd, maybe a bit. Oh, I was going to say more like Madness vibes. Sque- Squeezer, an English rock band that came to prominence in the UK, blah, 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 during the new wave period of the 1970s. Oh, so before Madness, mm, right? Mm. Yeah, Madness were like the 80s, right? Yeah, but anyway, that's what I think of them. We're not talking about Madness. I hate Madness. We're not talking about them. Oh, my mum's done with you. Really? She, she just loves Suggs. Oh, he's so annoying. No, she loved Suggs. But that's up the junction by Squeeze. It's really good. Basically, up up the junction means, like, fucked, doesn't it? Up shit. Yeah, like, you're up the junction, you're absolutely done in. You're ruined. I love it. And he left. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's it's obvious. It's literal. And it's It's a full story. story. Very soap opera vibes, I thought. Mm. Jules Holland was in Squeeze. I knew it. Yes, he was. It's yeah. not him singing because he doesn't. No, sing. he was plays piano, doesn't he? Very well. But... Very talentedly, yeah. Okay, what's your next song? My next song is. Oh, let's go for the same sort of. Let's go for the same era. It's Lola by the Kinks. A literal classic. L O L A Lola. I think this song is interesting because, in a sort of a modern lens, it could be a bit controversial. Right. So I again, I'm done. I'm done so well this week. You're I'm a very cur- a proper courteous podcaster this week. Aren't yeah, you? I've probably done research into all my songs. So at the time, it was banned by the BBC, but not for the reasons that you might think. It was literally banned because they'd used the brand name Coca Cola. Oh my lord! So I literally wrote on my notes here. Uh, why are they singing Coca-Cola? Because the version I know is Cherry Cola. Cherry Cola, no. So Coca-Cola is the original. It was mm. banned by the BBC. But it's actually considered to be quite a powerful song about trans people and LGBTQ people, people that decide to dress as women because of how casually it speaks about it for the time. Yeah, it definitely It's not a big deal, is it? What's the lyric at the end? I'm glad I'm a man and so I'm glad so is Lola and they're happy aren't they yeah and it's happy and he says and there's girls will be boys and boys will be girls it's a mixed up muddle up shook up what like that's very like, casual very chilled it's actually although yeah like I think on the surface if you maybe listen to it uh, at a glacial listen yeah it would be controversial but actually they're very ahead of their time approaching things with a modern lens when they it wasn't modern yeah and apparently the kinks wrote it because of how much they appreciated all the drag performers the clubs that they were working in when they were up and coming yeah it definitely feels like it's coming from a place of love definitely do you remember when mcfly did a cover of this no not at all oh it was on like it was like a bonus track on an album, but that's how I discovered it. through. Oh, really? Life. Yeah. And then, obviously, I've gone back since. And the version I knew and became sort of a light was, yeah, the McFly version. So the story is, for anyone that doesn't know, that a man is in a club and he meets a woman, almost like infatuated by her, like straight away. But there are all these hints that she may be slightly masculine. She's got a, like a dark, he says she's got a dark voice and that she squeezed him really tight. Very um, strong, very, very strong, strong. And then basically the implication is like, well, not the implication, at the end it turns out that she's either a drag queen or a transsexual, transvestite. Yeah, the vibe I got... Term. But yeah. Different people identify with different labels. I think those words are still used. It's yeah. No, yeah, I got drag queen vibes. That's what I got. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And you know what else? I was wondering if... Lola from Kinky Boots is called Lola because of this song. It would make sense. Also thinking about how, like, the age of the character. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. Maybe Lola's, like, the first, one of the first, like, pop culture drag queens that was, like, accepted. Yeah, when you think about the audience that the Kinks probably usually attracted, probably opened their eyes to a few things as well. Yeah, I just think it's really cool that the Kinks are just singing about this. Like, it's no big deal, really. Because nowadays it isn't, but... In 1970, in the UK, it probably would have been. Definitely. And I actually also remembered, I've seen Ray Davis live. Oh, he was at, um, was he at Victorious? Yeah, he headlined Victorious Festival. So I saw him do all these songs. Amazing. Really good. We love the Kinks. Yeah, I like We them. love the Kinks. Good job, guys. Well done. Okay, uh, my next song is Mary by The Subways. 
song before? No, I did not. I did not know this song before. What did you think? I liked it. I, I can't. I can't get the story. What? Go on. Explain it to me. Tell me it. Okay. Maybe I know the story because when I've seen them live in concert, uh, Billy, the lead singer, talked a bit about what inspired him with writing it and stuff. Uh, well, yeah, that would make sense. So it helped, I think, maybe. So Mary, <laughs> Mary is his mum. And it's just, he said he just wrote it about go, when he was going through a difficult time and he would just like pop around his mum's house to oh like, like help cheer him up because she just gave him like that little boost. I love that. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? So yeah, it's about just a guy who's going around, a bit low, not feeling great and goes to see his mum for a pick-me-up. It's very simple. There's not a lot going on with the story. That's where but, we are. Yeah, he comes into a... He let she lets him stay. He makes she makes him a cup of tea. She doesn't mind if he's in her way. All of those things. Did you think maybe Mary was a girlfriend then? I was like, why is this like? What is this even about? Like, is he? <laughs> what is he saying about her? Does he just have a friend called Mary that he lives with? Yeah. So I think you could think: Is Mary a flatmate? Is yeah. the, is he an absolute waster of a boyfriend who is annoying and just Mary does everything? Yeah. But no, it, yeah, once he said, I, on their most recent tour, I saw them on the 15th anniversary tour for their first album. So they, they with every, not with every song, but with, with most of the songs, like the bigger songs, they told a little bit of history behind it as well. Yeah, I think, so. I actually did like the song. I don't, like, the Subway's one of those bands. I think I'd know the music if I heard it, but could I name a song? Maybe not. Apart from Rock and Roll Queen. Oh, yeah. But then again, I know that song, but would I have said, oh, yeah, that's definitely the Subways? Maybe mm. not. And the two singers have very distinct voices. Like, you know who they are, I think, anyway. I love it when a band has, like, like that has more than one singer. So, like, um, America. Yeah, and but they don't both sing on every single song. Yeah, exactly. So, in, in America, like, they have two people that sing, but one song might be one singer and the other song might be a different singer. And when you know their voices... If you listen, you can hear the other one, but they're much they... more like toned down. So Charlotte, yeah. who is the bass player and other singer in the group, you can hear her on this song, but much more like dialed down. Well, I'm going to have to have another listen now then. It's not his mum. It's not her mum. It's his mum. His mum. So he has to sing it because otherwise it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> but what I like is that he is obviously telling a story, like a true story about something that happened. Like a time in his life where he just needed that. That picked me up. And yeah, it's quite, I think it's, it also is very typical of most mothers, like most good mums, where like you don't, they don't mind if you just come around and all you do is sit and eat their food and watch their TV and get in their way a little bit. Yeah, like that's kind of the point of mums. Thanks, mum. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's quite nice. When you think about it on a basic level, like he's just doing the bare minimum, but it's almost like his like tribute to his mum, I think, about how cool she is. She seems like a nice lady. Good on, good on you, Mary. She's his best friend and she makes him his tea. That's and it. mums make the best tea as well. No, I don't like my mum's tea. She has it way too milky. But she thinks milky. I make it too strong. So we're at a stalemate on that one. Bloody hell. <laughs> okay, well, move on then. I'm going to move on with... Uh, I'm keeping it like... So when you pick a song, I'm trying to keep it in the same vein this week. I'm going to do blo- uh, Girlfriend by Blossoms. And now your girlfriend is ringing in my ears again. No sure shot, but she likes all my favorite things. I know I shouldn't, but I'd like to spend more time with her. I wish she'd come over today. I really like this one. You liked it? Yeah, a bit of an earworm, innit? It is. And I like Blossoms a lot. I don't really know who they are. Tell me a bit about them. So they're a young indie band not not new they've been going for a few years but i think a lot of their hits have been sort of newer google says that they're a pop band i don't feel like they're pop nah. I feel like they're like slightly indie like po- indie pop yeah indie pop they've got a couple of songs that i think are recognizable so what's the story okay so the story is the main character obviously he's living with his best friend and his best friend's girlfriend so the guy's obsessed with her basically the narrative of the story is obsessed with his best friend's girlfriend. And she keeps coming around the house. Um, and he finds that he's got loads of stuff in common with her. I think it's just a sweet little story about like an unrequited love, isn't it? It gave me Love Actually vibes. Yeah, it's very like that. The the Kira Knightley one. Yeah, the Kira Knightley and the guy from The Walking Dead. It's like and when he's talking about how he wants to take her out for a film and just go for a walk. 
and they can just forget about the people that will be annoyed at them for doing that yeah. those things. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you need to back off your friend's girlfriend. Yeah, I know. And then there's a brilliant bit at the end where he says something like, I heard a, he bought a ring today and you think it's going to carry on. And then it just ends with like, I heard they got engaged today. And you know, like that is. That's it. He has to end the thing. Yeah. There's going to be no moment with, you know, the classic, it's, tell them it's carol singers. Yeah. It's carol singers. (laughs) That is it. It's done. And the music video for this song is so, so good. The music video literally is just like this story, like unfolding in a flat and like in a, shitty like seaside town in the uk but the girl is the bride of frankenstein (laughs) (laughs) and the friend is frankenstein and then the narrator is a werewolf and then dracula and a a, a mummy are also there and they're just going around going to like arcades and stuff right okay well it's brilliant I'll give it a watch, maybe. Probably it's not. Brilliant. But you like the song? Yeah, it was a proper, proper little earworm. At first yeah. listen, I was like, oh, okay, this is exactly what I thought from a band. You know when you see a band name and you go, I know what sort of music they make? Yeah. So this and then you exact... look at a picture and they've all got long hair. Yeah, and like wear uh, Fred Perry jackets. Yeah. I knew exactly what kind of band they were and their type of music just didn't disappoint with that. But this song is a proper little, gets in your brain. I like it. Yeah, it's really cute. It reminds me a bit of like um, Skins. Oh yeah, I can see that. But like the Skins, like an episode of Skins with Kira Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carol Singers. <laughs> you know Carol how she, you know how she doesn't move out. Oh, that she looked quite pretty. I quite, I got terrible taste in pie. <laughs> there are certain things. There are certain things in life that remind me of certain people, and Bonoffi Pie reminds me of Kira Knightley. <laughs> I love Banoffee Pie. I wish I don't like Banoffee. I don't like Banoffee. I don't like bananas. Should I move on? Yeah. I'm really sorry. I've got no rocky ones left. I'm gonna have to move on. Yeah, we're out of that now. Okay, well so um, my next song is "In the Evening" by Cheryl Lee Ralph. Banger, isn't it? Like a little, a little, an eighty, a proper like classic eighties bop. Yeah, it feels really dramatic as well. So Cheryl Lee Ralph actually was the original Dina Jones in Dreamgirls on Broadway. She was, and At- harkening back to a week or so ago, she was in Sister Act Two. Was she? Yeah, she played um, Lauren Hill's mum. Good for her. So this yeah. is her from her first and only album to date. First and last. First and last album. <laughs> she's done other things. She's done Sister Act 2. She's been busy. Yeah. But In the Evening tells the story of someone who's living like a pretty mundane, boring life in New York. And then in the evening, she becomes this whole other person that parties the night away. Yeah, I love how she like talks through just normal little things that you do in the day. Like go to the bank. I was literally about to say, one of my favourite things in any song, it's a real thing I love when I listen to music, is when people are singing about the mundane. She's in line at the bank. Selling a line, trying to cash a (laughs) cheque. But I also like how the verses are very ploddy. And then in the evening, which is the chorus, like the tempo picks up, she gets much more excitable, the vocals like go up a key. So she changes in the evening, but the song changes when it's even talking about the evening. God, look at that. Look as Mm -hmm. in art mm. oh so yeah that's it that's it about Cheryl Lee Ralph I love this song so it actually came to me from another podcast I feel like I have to give them credit for bringing it to me so there's a podcast called Unflopped where they take singles that weren't maybe massive hits and bring them to light again oh that's fun really cool idea so they talked about this one week and ever since maybe a year ago now it was a long time ago but ever since i've loved this song i do, i love the 80s-ness of it like you said it's so 80s and you know like they have those little clips on like spotify now where they'll like play a little bit of the music video oh yeah yeah yes yes i do know what you mean yeah yes. like there was a bit of this on that one and it was so uh, 80s it, it looked so 80s even her image on the album artwork is so 80s 80s. Yeah, it's brilliant. I would use this to describe the 80s to someone that didn't know what the 80s was. 
<laughs> it's honestly, isn't it? Everything about it, the beat, the way she sings, the, the type of music, the way she's dressed. Yeah. Honestly, everything about it. She knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. Yeah, I know. There is actually a, a, a legendary story involving Cheryl Lee Ralph. So obviously in Dreamgirl, she plays Dina Jones, who is a artistic interpretation of Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day in a restaurant in New York, uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph was having lunch and Diana Ross was also in the same restaurant having lunch. Oh my God, so, what are the chances? I know. So Cheryl Lee Ralph gets up and goes over and says, hi, Miss Ross. I know you don't know me, but I'm currently playing Dina Jones in Dreamgirls. And Diana Ross just turned to her and said, I know who you are. Just Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I mean D- Diana Ross famously has no time for the musical Dream Girls because it does not paint her in maybe the most flattering light. What Bloody a deal. As if we expected any less though, really. No, I know. I mean I don't know what she thought was gonna happen with that interaction. And in but I can see both sides. You know, on one side of things I'm like, yes, Diana, iconic. Be a bitch. And on the other side, I'm like, oh my God, how embarrassing for poor Cheryl Lee Ralph. Yeah, I know. She went up to like one of her idols. Yeah, and wanted to meet her. And But it is confirmed that she knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> she could have just been like, no, I don't. Don't give a shit about you. I feel like Diana Ross maybe, you know, didn't want to make a scene. Didn't want to have an argument in, in the middle of a restaurant. Yeah, but also, it's actually not... It's not Cheryl Lee Ralph's fault that she was cast in that role. Like, she didn't write the role. She no, didn't write exactly. Dream Girls. She did not write Dream Girls. I'm sure she'd be much more well off on not appearing in Sister Act 2 if she'd written Dream Girls. Yeah. <gasps> Let's have your next one. My next song is It Wasn't Me by Shaggy featuring Rick Ross. Rick Rock. <laughs> it's not even Rick Ross. It's Rick Rock. Naked, banging on the bathroom floor. How could I? When I pressed shuffle on your playlist, just choked. Thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Go on then, what's the plot? The plot is a man has been caught cheating by his wife or girlfriend or partner or, or whatever. And he goes over to his friend, Shaggy, yeah, and says, oh my God, dude, my... I've just been caught. What do I do? And basically, Shaggy tells him to deny everything. <laughs> <laughs> deny, deny, deny. It's and then... so funny, isn't it? Literally, she caught me on camera. <laughs> wasn't me. Yeah. Literally caught us doing it on the sofa. It wasn't me. Like not. It's like it's gaslighting. It's a gaslighting anthem. <laughs> Another thing I think is so funny is how did she catch you all of these places? Oh my god! I know. I'm <laughs> Did you just like walk around the house doing it? And she like followed you. She had no idea until like the last minute. Uh, and she didn't say a word. Yeah, yeah she just she wanted just... to keep watching. <laughs> and then I absolutely also love that the song, like the chorus is quite, Rick Rock as he is, has is quite poppy. And then Shaggy comes in with his proper like Jamaican reggae verses. Yeah, I know. And what I was work, trying to work out earlier was like, I know exactly what happens in all of Rick Rock's verses and the choruses. I never in my life have I tried to work out what Shaggy is rapping about. I just I, took it for what it is. Although he does have the iconic, absolutely iconic lyric, seeing is believing, so you better change your specs. <laughs> so in a lot of Shaggy's verses, he's like, watch out in case she kills you. <laughs> this literally aligns like, you better watch out, watch your back before she turns into a killer. And then there's another line about if she pack a gun, you know you better run fast. Basically, <laughs> he's saying that. And then do you know what? Do you know what? If she makes, it, if she kills him and goes to court, her defence has got to be it wasn't me. <laughs> and I will back her all the way. I love the fact that he's like, right, tell her it wasn't you, but there's a chance that she will kill you. <laughs> Can you believe this is the same man that literally the next single after this from Shaggy was Angel. <laughs> What a time. I don't know if my dad will appreciate me saying this, but my dad really liked this song when it came out. 
I mean, we said Blossoms was an earworm. I've actually really enjoyed listening to this song again. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really enjoyed it. But my dad liked it so much. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if he liked it so much. Maybe he made a passing comment. But I have been known to cling on to things. So I, um, I did then buy him the album for Father's Day. I'd love for Harry to call in and tell us how he felt about that. Okay, shall I phone him? Hello. Hello, Dad. We're just recording the podcast, so you're on the podcast right now. Okay. And I wanted to know, how do you feel about the artist Shaggy? Not my real taste in music. Do you remember when I bought you his album for Father's Day? Yes, I do, yes. And how did you feel about that? It was all right, but it's not something I would listen to on a regular basis. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I'm going to go now, but thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> The most dad response ever. He 100% does not like Shaggy. (laughs) (laughs) He was just being polite to me, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was just like, thank you so much for this lovely gift. (laughs) That album also featured Mr. Bombastic. (laughs) 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 It got me Mr. Bombastic. Then we fantastic. I like when he goes Mr. Raw, Raw, Romantic. Oh, my God. This was a great choice, Em. I will be thinking about this for a long time. We've got a lot of content out of it. Yeah, we have. Okay, so my next song is one of Madonna's best songs from one of Madonna's best albums. Uh, Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say by Madonna and it still was funny. (laughs) You did not need to. love this song it's a really good song so growing up i thought this song was just about a girl whose dad didn't like her boyfriend uh, me too me too and it's not she's keep she's literally keeping the baby in yeah her i belly. thought she's like i'm keeping my baby as in like my man so for anyone that lives under a rock papa don't preach is the story of a young woman who has fallen pregnant and she's gone to her dad for some help because she wants to keep the baby but she just needs the support that her dad should be able to provide for her probably some financial aid um she's basically begging him you know as she sings she's in an awful mess but she needs him she needs her daddy yeah but also she's not really giving him much time to talk (laughs) 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 she's just going on and on and on It's almost like let's confuse him into accepting this. Yeah. If he says something, he's going to, she's like, no, no, wait, but also this, but also this. Because remember, like, he says he's going to marry me and we're going to raise a little family. And and he's like, look, Madonna. And she's like, no, don't preach at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in trouble. Even when she's like, um, my friends don't like, he doesn't sound like a great guy. Her dad doesn't want her to be with him. Her friends don't like him. Yeah. No one likes him. No, no one likes him, but they're going to have a lovely time together. I'm unsure, like, what she's asking, like, advice about as well. Like, she's asking advice about keeping the baby, but she knows she's going to keep it. (laughs) But then she also is asking about what to do about this boyfriend because no one likes him, but she's still going to stay with him. So it's just a bit pointless, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's like when when I say to Ollie, shall we get a takeaway? But I know the answer is we're getting a takeaway. Yeah. If I ask you after six o'clock what we're doing for dinner tonight, it means takeaway. Yeah, because it's too late to plan it at that point. Yeah, exactly that. And I feel like Madonna is doing that same thing to her dad. But on another note, flipping, obviously not talking about the story, I think Madonna sounds incredible on this song. Yeah, it's almost like not Madonna. No, you can say it. You can say it. It's almost like not a Madonna song. Yeah, like she sounds incredible like really throaty like really belting out which is not normally her style i don't know if there's a lot of songs that she does like this you're right um i'm sorry i've just been thrown oh dear you okay yeah (laughs) you know when you like google something and it's like people Mm. also ask one of the things people also ask is papa don't preach (laughs) anti-abortion 
I don't think it's anti-abortion. I think it's just she's choosing. Yeah, she's pro-choice. Um, groups opposed to abortion saw Papa Don't Preach as a positive anti-abortion. <laughs> <laughs> we can't laugh about this. It's not though, is it? It's just about like a one woman's choice in a relationship. Yeah, she's her choice choice that is the important word here yeah like i don't understand why someone's taking it that far where it's loads of people imagine like do you know what i can picture because like this is obviously when we say those words they call themselves pro-life but whatever picture like a republican party conference and the like the keynote speakers walking into papa don't preach <laughs> um, keep him keep baby. baby bless her <laughs> good job madonna keep your baby <laughs> That sounds like something an anti-abortionist would say. You, you go on, Madonna. You keep your baby. But also, if you don't want to keep your baby, you also don't have to do that either. You have to do whatever the fuck you want. This is Madonna we're talking about as well. <laughs> when has she ever not done what she wants? Have you seen that video of um, someone telling Al Pacino to take his glasses off at like a, a promo event or like a premiere or something for House of Gucci and Lady Gaga just goes, don't tell him to take his glasses off, he's Al Pacino. <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? There's certain people that you just can't tell what to do. I would Madonna have on that list. Yeah, Madonna, Cher, I would never tell Cher what to do. Yeah, you couldn't. Ever. Jack Could Nicholson? Ne- I'd be terrified to tell yeah. what to do. <laughs> What's your next song? <laughs> My next song is Love Shack by the B-52. So let me guess before you say anything. Yeah. But this song is about a man that owns a giant car. <laughs> it's as big as a whale, George. <laughs> <laughs> and he reckons it seats around 20 people. Yeah. And it's only 15 miles to get there, but he will take you to the love shack. To the love shack. So I don't know how much of a story it is, but it's obviously a story about just like a short little story. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they say it's about a uh, like a shack that they used to like do writing in when they were coming up with like their first album. But when you look at the lyrics, it's like a story about these people are driving in a car. Don't don't know the official size of the car. It don't, it's, it, it's a big car, and they're, they're going to have sex in a shack. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Like I'm assuming there's not many places to have sex. Maybe they can't do it at home, so they've gone to a shack, set way back to um <laughs> just hug and kiss and dance and a love. I just feel like we need to appreciate the vocals on this song, which just so amounts good. to a lot of shouting. Yeah, so good. The whole shack shimmies. I will, this song always makes me think of James Mansfield doing the lip sync on Drag Race. Yeah ruined it oh i love james mansfield i think he's so sweet yeah but this song is amazing it's literally one of the best songs ever do you know what he should have done he should have pulled out a male you know james mansfield thing is puppets male puppet he should have pulled out a male puppet to do the man's voice and duetted with himself brilliant rupaul loves the b52s doesn't he well they kicked off his career didn't they yeah they did i like the b52s i've got a bit of a soft spot for them me too we were saying the other day weren't we it's so weird that this song is so well known and well loved for a band that are really freaking weird they're like no one does what they do like at all they are certainly strange people yeah. Another uh, thing that I want to point out is, you know, the tin roof rusted line. Yeah. Well, they've said that it's just something that she just said in a recording and they added it in. But there is articles on the internet or like things, things there on the web that say that tin roof rusted is a term for an unwanted pregnancy. No. Yeah. So that's the end of the story. They've been having sex in a shack and it's resulted in an unwanted baby. And then Madonna. <laughs> this song is pro-choice. Pro- yeah, <laughs> they're the anti-Madonna Pablo <laughs> Breach versus the Love Shack. Apparently, <laughs> it's such a good song, though. It is. They're a banger. We've are oh, they're all bangers this week. Um, so for my final song, I'm going to bring the mood down um, with a, with a depression banger. Uh, it's I can be that woman 
by ABBA. Oh my god, it's a piece. But I can be that woman now. You're confused when you turn to face me. Is it true or is she drunk? But it's so I'm going to do something a little bit different for this song. Have you got the lyric? Can you get the lyrics up in front of you? I just want to sort of go through at least the first verse. This is a song from ABBA's new album, Voyage, which is a very exciting moment for pop music and ABBA fans around the world. So let's just kick it off. So the opening line, you're asleep on the couch with Tammy. Shock. Straight away, she has walked in on her husband asleep on the sofa with another woman, right? Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. Okay. So Tammy then looks straight up at her. And my favourite line, the reproach in her eyes is imagined. <laughs> my like, favourite line. And yeah. then she jumps down and her tail is swishing. Plot twist. <laughs> Tammy is a dog. <laughs> then the man wakes up. She says she's sorry. She can see he's cried. He's been crying in his sleep. What? I don't know that was... I didn't know that was. So in the next line... You look frail as you stand before me. Then you curse and kick a chair. Like, I love the idea that he's been crying in his sleep. He stands up. He's looking really withered. And then he goes, oh, for fuck's sake. And then kicks a chair. (laughs) And then, and the dog, bless her heart, licks my fingers. (laughs) But she jerks every time you swear. Because she's just having a fit. (laughs) later on but it's clear i've hit my rock bottom i'm aware of how far i've sunk and the dog is the first to feel it (laughs) right okay so what i got from this is she's like an alcoholic or something isn't she yeah i I think that's the vibe she's an alcoholic (laughs) and she's she's an alcoholic and she's come home and the dog's really disappointed in her (laughs) coming home drunk and the man is so angry he's had to kick a chair about it because she basically says like you're not the man you should have been and i let you down i'm not the woman i could have been but i can be that woman now so then the next bit straight after that is you're confused when you turn to face me is this true or is she drunk <laughs> i then had a little look and uh bjorn yeah. of benny and bjorn fame said this is essentially a country song which i think is why i like it so much because i do really love country music yeah um and as far as i'm concerned a tammy wynette song and that's why he named the dog that's why the dog is named tammy Uh, because yeah it's basically about someone who has come down from their addiction um finally realized what life is all about and is sorry about all the years they've wasted so there's hope at the end of the tunnel that they could be the woman that they always should have been and get over their addictions because when I first listened to it, I was like, this guy's a dick. He's kicking things. He's swearing. Like, literally. And- yeah, honestly, my first thought was she'd come home from work. He's asleep on the sofa. And because she maybe made a bit of noise and accidentally woke him up, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, he's kicking things. He's scaring the dog. On a second listen, it's turned out that she's fucked up somewhere along, along yeah. the line. So and he's long- probably stuck through a lot. Yeah, for a long time, I was thinking, why is she being like, you weren't the man you should have been, but I can be a good woman for you? I was like, what in the 1950s is going on? It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, maybe the dog led to her alcoholism because the dog gets a lot of time. Yeah. I got... Also, like, how long has the dog been around? Has he seen the start of it? As... <laughs> maybe. Is... So you know that line where she says, and the dog is the first to feel it? Does that mean the dog is the first to realise that she's decided to give up the drink? (laughs) Dog. There's so many emotions going on. It's reproach. (laughs) See it. Like, I don't understand. But she does say the reproach in the dog's eyes is imagined. So I do think she is very drunk. (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, I really like this song, but I think it extends back to the fact that I really like country music. And also very excited to have new music from ABBA. Well done, ABBA. Well done. Creating an absolute weird mess. Yeah, uh, and I think they've actually got quite a lot of songs that involve telling stories because this is from their latest album. I thought, 
Let's give them a bit of promo because they sorely need it. Let's introduce some people to it. <laughs> yeah, something that they don't maybe necessarily know. Yeah, you've done a lot of that this week. Good job. You're welcome. This has been so much fun. I know. The last couple especially. We saved the best for last, I think. As Vanessa once sang. So what are you going to put on the Mega playlist this week? Never had an easy decision in my life. It's It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> wasn't me and i'm gonna put on in the evening by Cheryl Lee ralph oh I, you know, I had a funny feeling that's what you were gonna pick i loved it i i was it was toying between that and papa don't preach but i thought i'd put a song the song that you introduced me to on instead of one that like everyone would know yeah i can have feel some, that some difference in there excellent excellent very much the birds yeah that's brilliant what a good week what a fun week i always love this one i look forward to it and i've got such a long list we're going to be doing this for season four as well right i've got i've got loads more okay so it's just time for us to wrap up and say where you can find us so come have a little look at songs for when pod on twitter and instagram where we're regularly sharing things and looking for your opinions you can also find all of our playlists on spotify if you search songs for when and i know you're listening to the podcast right now but you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts if you want to tell anyone else about it fantastic theme music again by george chipperfield so thanks yeah. for that buddy here it's george sounds brilliant i think it's oh. perfect for us I love it. I absolutely loved it. I think it made all the difference with uh, last week's episode. And I am very excited about the stories episode. I'm very excited about more episodes to come because working with you is like a never-ending story. Oh! Yay! Oh!